All right, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that this will be the season finale of season one of the Untitled Shiro podcast. Over the past eight weeks, I've been joined by some amazing women who've discussed their various career journeys and really shared some really knowledgeable and useful information for people out there looking to either adapt the information for their own career journeys or learn from the experiences of these different women. This definitely isn't the end of it. I have some really cool ideas in my mind that I really want to see out and materialize as part of the broader The Untitled Shiro platform. So do stay tuned to my Instagram page and Twitter and there, you know, you can keep in touch with all the different things that I'll be doing and you'll be seeing me drop some clues over the next coming months as to what I really want to do with this platform. And stay tuned for season two. But for now, let's get into the episode. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of The Untitled Shiro. If you're new, welcome. This is a podcast dedicated to highlighting and celebrating Black women. And in my first few episodes, I spoke to some women who are working in the STEM space. And on this episode, my guest is Samantha Fandamerva, previously known um, as Samantha Zambezi, as I knew you back in <laughs> undergrad. Um, and Sam and I met um, as students at the University of Pretoria. We had some mutual friends and would occasionally bump into each other on the campus streets. I've been following Sam's career interest and journey over the past year or so through her highly engaging Instagram page at SamZ underscore codes, where she shares um, her learnings and experiences in the tech and data science world. Sam, it's been so inspiring to see how you've occupied your space over the past couple of years. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. So Sam, I have given sort of like my, you know, background as to how I know you. Why don't you just kind of start off by introducing yourself and a little bit about what you do and who you are? Okay. Thanks, Jen. Hey, I'm Samantha, as she mentioned. And at the moment, I work in the field of data science. I am the data science tech lead for the marketing and publishing company. Um, currently, I am based in Amsterdam, but I am originally Malawian and schooled in South Africa. So I studied at the University of Pretoria, where my first degree was in industrial engineering. And that's how I got to meet Jen as well. And yeah, so that was my first degree, but it wasn't what I initially started with. So my, yeah, so I studied industrial engineering at the University of Pretoria. Initially, I did start off as a mechanical engineer. And um, from industrial engineering, I then ventured on to work for um, one of the big four firms where I worked as a management consultant. And while I was working for that big four company, that's when I fell in love with data I started playing around with data, and that's how I started um, experimenting with coding and learning about machine learning, and I am now here. I guess we can maybe take it back, maybe back to high school, and I just want to understand how, Sam, you got into, like, why did you think, okay, engineering's the path for me? What kind of inspired that journey? Because you say that you 
ended up sort of stepping away from engineering and getting more into this data science world. So what initially intrigued you about engineering? I think it was like when you are in high school and you are very good at math and you're very good at science and you're acing it. Um, and from the background I came, uh, I come from, like I was schooling in Malawi and obviously I've got African parents. Um, mm-hmm. We knew that it's natural for either for you to become a doctor or an accountant, lawyer or an engineer. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, engineering it is. So that was kind of the world I knew. I didn't have a lot of other, um, I didn't have a very broad view of what other professions existed out there. So mm-hmm. I was sort of already trained myself that I was going to study engineering, some form of engineering. And mm-hmm. it was it came down to either becoming a civil engineer or a mechanical engineer because that was what was needed at the time um, in more specifically in Malawi and in Africa that would get you a job. Um, yeah. It was in demand. And so I decided to then, so, I was, so that's how I found out that, okay, I'm going to study engineering. Didn't really know much about it. I think my uncles, two of my uncles were engineers and it looked cool. Um, I did a lot of research on the side on my own to find out what mechanical engineering is versus civil engineering versus electrical engineering. And mechanical was very appealing because it was very glamorized. It was about building mm. spaceships, building airplanes, working for NASA, um, playing mm. around with drones. And that sparked my interest. It was actually me and two friends of mine in high school um, other female friends who also said, okay, mechanical it is for the three of us. And um, right. it, it also kind of was also exciting because we were like three best friends all wanting to do engineering and we all chose the same field and we were excited to then go to the University of Pretoria. And of course, um, in high school, you if you're getting like, we're all good at math and science and you're almost sure that you are going to get in because you're meeting the requirements. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, we, so it was it was more about so that's kind of sparked how I decided to study mechanical engineering. Not very intuitive, but I think it's um a lot of people would probably share the same notion. Yes, yes. <laughs> the two most common themes are because I have African parents, I was ex- you know kind of the the career path was as you said, doctor, engineer, lawyer. Um, you know that's the standard career path. And then also just having a very glamorized view or a naive view of what actually engineering is about. Yeah. Yeah. So how how long were you in mechanical engineering for? I was there for two and a half years. So what made me make the switch was um, because we had to start doing vacation work early on um, in your during your study. So I did my vacation work for... Um, a company where I was working in a plant where it was a processing firm. And when mm-hmm. I was there, I was I got more exposure to diff, to people working in the field. I got exposure to mechanical engineers. I got exposure to civil engineers. I got exposure to other departments, other divisions as well. And I used to, I asked the questions that I wish I could have asked when I was in high school, um, but I had mm-hmm. no one to actually really um <laughs> I didn't have enough context of that world 
um, until I was a little bit more mature. And so when I got in and I was doing a lot of work there and my vacation work, it's kind of like I wasn't having fun. Um, I wasn't really enjoying it. And I thought maybe it's the wrong department, the wrong division. And then when I went back to school, I started talking to my other friends about it, about how was their vacation work. Um, I started speaking more to my lecturers to say, okay, I wanted to be this type of mechanical engineer. What does it take to actually get there? And what's the journey? And um, it's it kind of felt like that whole picture of working for NASA and building airlines was like a very distant thing for me. Um, mm. And it, it was also that I wasn't already enjoying the process um the learning process of becoming a mechanical engineer as well. And I wasn't enjoying the training process of being a mechanical engineer. So it also, so I had to kind of say, is it really worth the investment? Is it really worth, um, if I'm really not, that spark is not coming in me right now, or, but my, I just have a vision of being this person working for this big firm, but I'm not enjoying the journey and the journey that I need to take to get there it's not going to be worth it. I am doing this because I just want to say, hey, look at me, I did it, you know? Um, but I wasn't doing it because I generally had a passion for t being a mechanical engineer. Um, so that was one of the biggest contributing factors. It's just me not enjoying the journey um, right. and in enjoying the process. It was, a, a, yeah, more that than it was about being in a male-dominated field. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, more, more that contributed to it because you can say now I still work in a predominantly male field, um, with its challenges. So that's more of the journey of not, yeah, not enjoying the process at all. So I switched to industrial engineering and industrial engineering was a bit more diverse. Um, it offered the promise of that you can work in management consulting, you can work in education, you can solve such diverse problems. Um, you could go into software engineering if you wanted to. Um, mm. And it had more females as well. Um, so the environment itself was already more inviting for me. It was like I had a, you know, when you just feel a little bit of an attraction to a certain field as well, because you see more people like you as well. And right. it's when you go, when I went into it, you can already sense it had a different vibe. Um and it was more inviting, more comfortable. You're enjoying the journey. So I guess you could say that with mechanical, the journey was also a bit lonely. Um, and with mm -hmm. industrial, it, was, it just felt a little bit more natural. And the career perspectives were still very strong there. Um, it was still a very good degree, a very strong degree, a degree that could still open up opportunities for me. Um, being a foreigner in South Africa, and you know what comes with that as well. Like it's, yeah. it's a big challenge. Um, it's a challenging market. So I chose industrial engineering because I thought that, oh, it's still pretty brilliant, still pretty cool, diverse firms. Um, I don't have to be stuck in manufacturing. I can move to work in consulting. I can move to go work anywhere and, and things like that. So that's really pretty much made me make the switch to industrial. And yeah. Yeah. And and did you do, did you do um, engineering in honors as well? Or did, is that when you made now the switch over into a more data science focused degree? So when I did my honors, I did my honors with industry experience. Um, I was already working for two and a half years. So with, um, with tax honors, um, you, with engineering with us anyways, it's that a bachelor's is four years and then your honors degree 
is more like a first year master's coursework degree and then the master's is like the research component. So it's, mm -hmm. they work in a very strange way. So I was able to get some work experience before I did my honors. So when I did my honors, I already had experience that I wanted, I already had that knowledge that I wanted to work in analytics and I wanted to work in data because I had that exposure um, whilst I was working. And I decided to focus on taking modules that were very analytical based. So I took modules like operations research, um, simulation modeling. I focused a lot on that. And one something interesting really happened in my honors, um, which was we had a project to do on um, visualizations and on data. And I just like learned how to use this BI to go Tableau by myself. And I did a visualization presentation um, for um, one of the courses I did, which was supply chain analytics. And the lecturer loved it so much. Um, he decided like to showcase it to the whole class saying this was such a brilliant visualization. This was very cool. It's such a nice way to look at data. Then I was like, huh, I think I have a knack for this. I think I should do that. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of like um, uh, the moment where I realized that I, I really, really had a, a, knack, a natural knack for data. Um, for me, mm -hmm. deciding what career path that I wanted to take and deciding what's going to take me far, it also had to be something that came natural to, that I felt came natural to me. And, mm -hmm. um, and I was enjoying at the same time. So that's kind of sparked and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start learning more about data. I'm going to start becoming more serious about this. And I, I started teaching myself um, a lot of tools, teaching myself R programming and applying that to my honors projects and mm. how I got my first experience with R programming and data science. And I graduated with my honors with distinction. And when I finished with my honors, that's when I started speaking to my, to, to get into a master's, I decided to get into a master's in data and speaking to, uh, speaking to my um, people within the universities who were already working um, on projects dealing with big data and machine learning. And yeah. As I said, I, I found your, your sort of career journey one that's really interesting. And I shared your Instagram page with my sister and she's really inspired by some of the stuff that you do as well. Um, it's really interesting to kind of hear people's career paths um, in that sense. And, and something that she said also, which is something similar to what I'm hearing you say is that for you, it was kind of an understanding of what you enjoy and what you're good at. You realize that you're good at, oh, you had a knack for data science and, and kind of ran with that instead of just kind of saying, well, I'm in the world of engineering. I'm going to stick to that, which is quite important, yeah. you know, to go fearless into a new, <laughs> a new world. Yeah, it was. And, and, I, and I think like being part, yes, the word of engineering is, um, I think it, it, it's sold as something else when you're in high school. Like it's, it's really yes. sold. You, watch how you imagine it is, is very different from what you, from the reality of it. Yes, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Um, Sam, so I want to know, did you have any mentors along the way when you were trying to make the decision to shift over into data science or was it just you doing your research and figuring it out by yourself? So I had, when I started my first career, I was very lucky. I had a very good mentor. Um, he was a mining engineer and he was also working for in management consulting um, and he was in love with analytics and he was in love with data. 
as well. So he, I was fortunate that he were, he became my mentor. My, um, so the company I worked for had a system where they would allocate you mentors mm-hmm. and they would just, it was mostly based on somebody that had maybe a similar academic background to you. That was like a director that can provide you with some guidance in terms of where you're going. So I was fortunate that I had him and he was a very ni- brilliant, nice guy. Like I, I still chat to him till today. Um, he still tracks my career until today. And he was able to shape my thinking around the work I was doing as a junior. Um, so I should say I did start off as like a junior business analyst. Um, and he he understood my my background and he knew already your capabilities coming from an engineering background, what you could do. So he would give me, he would tell me that, oh, I should look at data. I should um, try and solve the problem this way and that way. And yeah, so he, he introduced me to a new way of thinking. And also to add to that, my husband as well, because I met him working for the same company and he was also working with data and analytics. So, so it's a combination of having um, a good, was a combination having someone who was very senior um, experienced and him um, guiding me and shaping the way I thought about um, the industry that I was working in and the way I approached problems and solved them. And also meeting my husband who was working for the same company who was like a little bit um, more senior than me, but he was um, working as a sub- as the main supply chain analytics, analytics person. And he was like the data guru for the company. Everybody knew him as the as the data person. So I I ended up um, working on a competition with him called Supply Chain, and we met. And um, it was it was just I think it it, it just worked out all like um, a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that was um, so that was pretty much how yeah. So that's pretty much how I those are the two mentors I've had. I can say he has been a a mentor for me in a, in many ways. Um, Sure, sure, married to him as well, but um, he he really had a huge impact in my um, how how I ended up becoming a data scientist. My two role models were basically essentially like two white males, but um, that's <laughs> a lot of people think that you know, your role models need to always look like you. But we work in an in, a, in an industry in a world where you have to be very open minded, and you would meet people that can um, who look completely different from you that also that can show you things can show you um new 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 things are things that are out there i think it's also about just you know being with um your mentor being somebody that can give you exposure to things that are out there that helps you think much broader and much bigger than what you are currently thinking in your mind so i think i had people who helped me um think much broader who helped mm-hmm. me believe that i can achieve so much more and i can be so much more so why don't you just be that person. And I think that's what um, happened. Um, And if you don't get that, if I didn't get that in my early career, I actually don't know um, how I, I actually actually can't imagine where I would have ended. (laughs) Yeah. With passion, you always find yourself where you're meant to be. Definitely. Yeah. So Sam, I want to talk or rather let you talk about your Instagram page and kind of what you do and what your mission is with the Instagram page. So speak a little bit about your platform. 
Okay. So I started my Instagram page about, um, I'd say more than a year ago, like last year, February. So I initially started off blogging before I opened my page. I started off with a website where I was um, writing about data science and writing about complex techniques and models. And for me, that was just a way to learn more. So I work in a field um, where you have to constantly be learning. You know, tech is always changing and it's a very competitive um, field as well. So it was a way to start myself, um, to get myself up there as well. Um, you, as a, as a data scientist, um, you have to learn and put yourself up there. You have to market yourself in our industry. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just, it's part of the culture. It's part of the culture that's out there. And what happened is um, even when I put myself out there, even when I started writing my blog, I think it, it evolved into becoming something else. When I started tweeting and blogging, I got then a lot of women um, or a lot of people coming to me saying, oh, they are so inspired by my blog and they are happy to meet other women in tech. Mm -hmm. And I then it, it then evolved into something more than just blogging about um, methods. It, it became more than just me trying to um, advocate for myself as a, a specialist in the field, but also trying to motivate other females to come into the field. And I was still very new in my career. As I progressed in my career and I became more senior, so because I was starting, um, I should mention that because I was working as a, when I, I was working as a business analyst and then became a data scientist, when I first got my first data science job, I didn't automatically go into a senior position. I kind of went into a mid um, data science um, position. So with that, I was just coding and building code, but I got promoted quite fast. Um, I moved really quickly because of my business experience that I had before. And when I got to senior, it became a little bit, you start facing those challenges of um, being a woman, wanting your voice being heard. Um, mm -hmm. I started seeing more of those challenges then. So when I, so that's also kind of fueled me changing the direction of my blog and my page to start more about advocating for women and um, becoming more vocal about the struggles I've faced in my industry because, and I think I started recognizing that I have actually faced quite a lot of, um, I have overcome quite a lot of obstacles and I'm getting a lot of women and feedback from my blog of women who are scared to take on STEM or scared to come to this platform because they are afraid of these challenges that I've faced and I've overcome them. And I try to communicate to them and I try to also motivate and inspire to say, hey, you can do it too. I've done it. Um, and it's, it's a lonely place up here when you're the only black female um, working in a in a tech space and trying to get your voice heard, trying to get your unique ideas um, taken up, um, trying to speak about AI and bias, and nobody is listening. People mm -hmm. are hearing, but they're they're really not. Um, yes, it's, it's it's quite hard to have a a large voice um, in your organization and make an impactful change. So with my Samsy codes, I feel like I am taking an initiative to make some form of change um, to, yeah, some, some form of change, side of change. We have a long way to go when it comes to diversity and getting more women to come in to take. And more women don't want to come in this field because they face social isolation, imposter syndrome, 
all of these things that I have also um, had to battle and go through. So I like to talk about it and I like to um, um, be as honest as I can on my platform about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's shaped into becoming um, something that I didn't expect for it to really actually become. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I went on trying to like, just create like a, a, a space for myself to learn and to meet people and to engage with people, but it's, it's really become much broader. Like, now I've got I've I've met so many different women across the world and we're collaborating and we're sharing stories and at the same time we're discussing ideas on how to become entrepreneurs how to contribute to um, black tech they call it black tech yes. um, which is like technology that's like built by blacks um, Africans and um, how we can build that community and make it bigger so for me that has been the biggest benefit is just meeting all of these people and we're brainstorming and we're collaborating, we are doing webinars and we are taking kind of control of um, things, you know, like it feels when you work for a corporate, you can't really, you're not in control, you do as you're told. Um, Working here, it feels like I am, I'm actually doing something that um, I've been wanting and had a passionate passion to do, like I'm creating a space for more Black people, more Black women, more Black Mm -hmm. tech more solutions in Africa, opportunities for solutions that we face in Africa and our continent to be voiced and heard. Um, so that's, um, so that's Samsi Code. And I, I've, I hope it becomes more of um, an entrepreneur thing in, um, I hope it evolves more into that, more into the black tech and um, space and creating a platform for, um, or, representation for black women as well like just creating much more visibility and it's it's nice to have more women um women of color african women um yes. write books contribute to open source like to take up these you know like people like to say take up space but now i'm more in the process of make your own space <laughs> i'm like make your own space we start our own communities we start our own webinars we start our own podcast you know we make our own Spaces. We shouldn't wait to get invited to like the biggest podcast run by this person so we can feel special. Um, we can start doing that ourselves. And make, and if we do that ourselves, we make the space more inclusive. So like you, Jen, like you are making your space very inclusive to so many people whose voice, who would find it so, yeah, to make uh, your amplifying voices of like so many women's who are not um, represented much in the in the general media. Yes, and and that's exactly the point. Yeah, I think it's it's becomes. I've been I've been terrified. I remember my first IG lives, like when I had to really start um, engaging. I was like, oh, this thing is becoming real now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's amazing how many more um, women you might you be able to connect with here that would help you just become better and take your platform and to the next level yeah I've sustained mine because it it doesn't feel like a drag and I'm also in the process of wanting to write books um take Hmm. mostly like on technology like you see like I always like explain complex concepts or things in my blog it's just my way of trying to figure out um what book I must write or pull out (laughs) sometime yes (laughs) I'd be so excited to see that. Um, that would be yeah. such a cool, such a cool thing to see. 
Um, Sam, so just I know you've kind of touched on um, this matter of um, black females in the tech industry and having, you know, white males as your mentors through the process. But have there have there been any black females you have been able to look up to, um, you know, throughout your journey uh, to kind of be like, oh, yeah, I kind of know this person made it. And while I might not want to take that exact career path in the world of data science, but that's someone I definitely look to as sort of a guiding light. Is there anyone like that out there for you? So there was, when I went to um, a conference a couple of years ago, I think there was like a lady from the um, United States called Roar Benjamin. She wrote that book, um, um, What You Got Race After Technology, that I'm always posting on my mm-hmm. platform. Like when I went to one of her talks and presentations, I was so inspired by her confidence and like how she just presented herself. And she was talking about um, data and science. And she was also like, at the same time, she was advocating for, um, for, for, for this space, like for black tech and things like that. And I thought it was pretty cool. And um, we were asking her questions and she was, she was, she was like, this um she had like a she was like a superstar but at the same time she was so accessible um Mm -hmm. I was able to approach her and ask her questions and take photos and ask her like about her book and how we in Africa can start also creating a community like she's creating in the United States um like she's she was she started she was um in her presentation talking about black women that are creating like earrings made out of tech and all of these cool things. And I was like, Hey, I, I, I was really, I, I felt very inspired. And she's, I think her energy and her, and her confidence is, is something that um, I, I really thought that I is, I, I, that really made me admire, admire her. Cause I, we, I feel like even though um, I can be confident in my work, I can be confident in what I do just being somebody with a presence um like when you enter the room and like you can sense somebody's presence <laughs> that to me was like um something that I, I really 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 admired and um she she was doing such great work both community focused centric work and at the same time um very smart work like she's, she's writing books and she works in AI and she's an advocate and she's on Twitter she's an activist and I think if we had more black voices like her um, to inspire and move um, black women and I think that would be that's awesome like she's somebody who I can see didn't change themselves to fit into a specific space mm-hmm. which I admire and um, yeah, so she, she's been my, my role model and I've been following her as well. So I, I've, I never really had um, my role models um, when I was like in high school, like black female role models in science and tech. I, I don't know how to answer that question because yeah. <laughs> they were barely visible. They were barely visible, um, yes. especially African women. Like I am I'm, I'm Malawian. They were hardly visible. And if you, if you know the history of Malawi and how women um rights is is still an issue until t- till this very day um you, you i don't think it's 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 no surprise at all that i didn't have um a lot of female scientists like i had strong women i grew up with brilliant strong women around me but when it came to like a career 
um, guidance and advice. Um, yeah, it's, you had to, it, it took a long time. It took until like about three years ago before I found somebody. If you look at it, I'm the most senior female in my company and my company is made out of like 50,000 people. In, in but in the tech space wow um <laughs> so i i have to be my own superhero in most yeah. years. it's every time i wake up <laughs> yeah no i i yeah definitely it's 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 so true what you say it's you know that I, and I, I like how you put it is that it's not necessarily that they weren't there it's just that they weren't visible i like i like that point that you say and i uh, it's true. The visibility factor is what's probably not there. Um, there was no light shined on them. Sam, I have two last questions for you. Um, first, I want to know what has been your biggest lesson on your career path so far? And then uh, what advice you would give to people looking to get into either engineering, industrial engineering, if that's something they're interested in, but maybe you can speak to also data science specifically. I think my biggest lesson is you have to make sure that if you're interested in a specific field or specific career, um, especially in today's world where we have access to social media and people and we can find people, is to get a little bit more knowledge about what the career is like, the realities of it. And um, just someone who hopefully the person you meet is honest about it, but to do, I would encourage a lot of people to do more research and to broaden their, um, to broaden their thinking a bit, um, to not always think I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be an engineer, I'm going to be this and this and that, but to, and, but it, but if you do want to be an engineer, rather find out and speak to, um, and connect with the community and people around it. Cause I think, um, probably the main reason why my career was very zigzaggy is because Initially, um, I got into something just because it was the only thing I knew and I didn't know the realities of it. I didn't know what the day in the life of a mechanical engineer looks like. I didn't know what the full career path looks like. Um, so I think that was that's something I would give um, someone, especially in high school. Um, but if um, if they want to just to find out the, what the career is about, like, <laughs> if you yeah. can, um, I, I know it's not a privilege for everybody, but um, if you can and you do have access to be able to get information about your field and what you want to do, rather um, spend some time finding out, getting information about it. And when I always say, since now, like I am more in like data science and I'm less connected to engineering, um, I always give advice to different um, it depends on when it comes to giving data science advice. I would say it always depends on what stage you are. Um, usually if you're in high school, it will be about finding out if you have a knack for building, for coding and creating your own stuff and a knack for tech. Um, but I know like a lot of youngsters would be like, I love tech because I love phones and I love Instagram, but um, they need to know, how, <laughs> they need to have the, the, the passion to build stuff, like to make their own stuff, to make their own apps, to that type of um, discover that type of um, passion for it. And when it comes to university students, it's, it's always about um, what what degree to study. If you want to become a data scientist at the moment, it's like any statistics degree, math degree, any engineering degree. So I have a lot of friends who are also engineers who did electrical engineering and mechanical, who've graduated as civil engineers that are now trying to work as um, machine in machine learning and data science 
So those degrees would usually give you this type of career path. Um, and when it comes to people who are working, it's a little bit more tricky, but I did transition when I was working. And when you're working, it's more about um, practicing with data and under and um, trying to solve, finding problems in your industry already that you can already start solving with data. And usually, if you already have had an engineering, math, stats background, that's easy. That's that's you're a little bit of more of an advantage to pick up the skills to become a data scientist. Um, but a master's with a good institution is always um, recommended. Um, and learning at your own time, learning at your slow pace. But I, I have a lot of this content on my blog <laughs> because yeah, I have a lot. I I speak a lot about um helping people get into the field. And mm-hmm. I speak a lot about the realities of being a data scientist and mostly because people think that you're going to be creating self-driving cars. They think that you're going to creating like um, robots. Um, there's, there's, a, there's also like a glamorized picture of it. And I, I, and I always sell the realities of it, of being a data scientist. Like it's, it's not that glamorous. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a, it was a great career path. It brings great opportunities, but it's, it's really not as hyped out as it is. Um, so if any, like I am, I, I am, I am there on my platform available to people who want to, learn data science, but really want to understand what it's about, I provide that information. So I'm sure that that's the best advice I can give people wanting to go into any field, find somebody that can share with you. Yeah, I definitely. Um, so Sam, why don't you drop your handles um, where people can find find you and um, perhaps even engage with you? Uh, my handles at the moment, I if you it's Sam's, at Sam Z Codes, S-A-M. Z-E-E underscore codes. And you can also find me on Twitter as S as at S Zambezi. So that's S and then Zambezi like the river, Z-A-M-B-E-Z-I. So there, if you find me on any of those platforms, you can find links to my blog, which is samz.net. And you can also find links to my um, LinkedIn profile and my YouTube that would probably start sometime. Yeah. Awesome. Ah, Sam, this has been such, such a pleasure. I'm so happy to have had you on the show. Thank you so much. No problem. I just love it when women take these types of initiatives. So it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to follow these stories that you're going to be sharing. And I'll probably also give you a few shout outs. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Well, that's it for season one of the Untitled Shiro podcast. If I can say so myself, it has been an amazing eight weeks speaking to all the various guests that I've had on the show. I have personally learned quite a lot about these different women in my life and I'm so excited to embark on a new season where I get to interview and speak to a whole new group of different women. So in the meantime, stay tuned to my socials at The Untitled Shiro on Instagram and on Twitter at Untitled Shiro. I would definitely love to hear your thoughts on the episodes that I've published so far, your likes, your dislikes, what you would love to see in future seasons and so on. 
or you can leave a comment and a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Until next time.